0: So anyway, welcome to week two. Oh no, week three of our week relationship series. Week three, yes. Series. How you doing today? Good. Yeah, it's so great to have All you.
1: All right, that was pathetic, guys. How we doing? You doing good? Uh, thank you. A little energy from the crowd helps preachers preach better. Telling you that you gotta lean into church alive. You can't just sit back and be like preacher, what you got for me? Okay, we'll see if he's got anything today. No, you gotta lean in. No, God's got something for you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, we have a AMC $25 gift card, uh, popcorn, movies, so forth. I think E, I think E should get this. Come on, brother. He needs a little love in his life. Come on. Went through a little back surgery recently, but he's getting his game back. It's all right, he's getting his game back.
0: So real quick, we wanna sum up some of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Week one, we talked about five love languages. And uh, that was really cool, being able to do that. It's kind of low, right?
1: Yeah, I think you were just low on it.
0: All right, cool. So five love languages. And last week, we talked about communication. And one of the quotes we mentioned was unhealthy couples fight for personal victory, um, but healthy couples fight for resolution. Um, But this week, uh, we're going to talk about sex. So if this is your first time here today, you picked a great one to come to. You picked a doozy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, but you know, the reality is um, there's so much on this topic that culture and music and TV and schools and, and so much, so many people have to say, but the reality is the creator of sex has so much to say come on and you know if you're a parent in here you might be feeling awkward maybe you're sitting with your kids let me tell you uh we're going to tell you a story of what happened with us a few weeks ago your kids already knows and probably knows things that you wish they didn't know about it yeah and so we're actually this church the church of jesus really is the most important place to actually talk on this topic. And yep. so lean in again, if you're a first time guest, this is not how we normally do church. Yep. Uh, it's normally one of us sharing on here, on faith and how to live you know, your life through Christ, through your yep. everyday. But we also know how important it is to learn these practical things so that we can su- succeed totally. in everyday life. So yep. uh, you ready for it? Yeah. yeah, cool.
1: Come on, let's pray together in faith. Father, I just thank you for these moments. Holy Spirit, breathe on this time, breathe on our lives. I pray, and I just pray every person within the sound of my voice, sound of Miriam's voice. God, they'll be so blessed today. God, encourage uplift, speak to, open eyes and ears to hear what you want them to say. Father, let them put aside all uh, of the things that would hold them back from living the God life that you have called them and made them for. Father, I speak the blessing of God over every mind and life in Jesus' name. Take these words, Holy Spirit, and cause them to be healthy and cause it to grow your people in jesus name and everyone said amen. amen come on can we give it up for our worship team and uh shout out i think we should shout out to james janetti on the keys there for that song wasn't that cool i i just thought james was pretending back there i didn't really know he had skill the good dude's got skill he interns in the office actually and uh Man, rocks, just rocks it. He
0: makes our life easier. He
1: does. He makes my life easier. (laughs) Uh, So we appreciate you, James. Giannetti, where are you, man? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) He hates being pointed out in public. So, (laughs) 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 but we like to make people feel awkward. (laughs) Uh, So my son walks up to me maybe two weeks ago, uh, 8, 7.45 in the morning. I think it was Tuesday. And he's like, Daddy, what's sex? He's eight. He's eight, people. It's real. The struggle is real. Yeah. And I was like, who told you that word? And uh, he was like, well, a friend of mine yesterday told me that uh, he knows what sex is, and, and he'd heard about it, and, and I said, well, what did he tell you? Because I was very interested to know what this little eight-year-old, this little perv, told my son. <laughs> I wanted to know what he say. So he, he he began to tell me that somehow his his friend had walked in, to a TV room and seen some stuff and they're like, Daddy, you know, they get on a bed and they like kiss each other hundreds of times and stuff like this. I'm like thinking to myself like how long was this little kid watching before his parents turned off their perversion anyway that's that's another story for another time and um so i said son we're gonna have to chat about this another time and so the next wednesday wednesday night he does soccer i take him to soccer and uh so we had a a man father son kind of date i don't know if you call that a date but whatever bro time or something um and we did soccer and then i went and got some pizza and so I had told Miriam, I'm like, babe, I'm going to do the sex talk and stuff. And she's like, well, have you read a book? And I'm like, no, I'm just jumping in. We'll just see how it goes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so anyway, I, it felt pretty manly, soccer, pizza, sex, <laughs> uh, sex talk. And uh, so anyway, we, we, and, and I was thinking of ways, Lord, how am I going to, like, I'm praying internally, like praying this is going to go well. And uh, praying, and, and he was like, so daddy, what is it? Like, he must have known internally that this was the moment. I'm like, what, son? He's like, sex. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's jump in, all right? So anyway, I spent the next maybe 20 minutes or so chatting with him through some things, trying to give him enough information to make him informed, not enough information to make him Pervert. and uh and so forth and he asked me some questions that even then I was like man that's for later and that's another time and so forth so I don't know I might have done a good job I might not have I didn't videotape it and re-watch it but anyway when we got home he walked in was like mommy you're gross <laughs> So, did it go well, people? I don't know. We'll see. And uh, so, anyway, it was...
0: Wait, wait. Can I say one of the things that I love that Anthony said to him that he didn't mention was that he said, and Benny, this conversation we're going to have many times throughout the years. Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes either parents never talk about it ever, like kids get married and like the culture taught them about it. Yeah. Or, you know, you have the one conversation like the week before or something, you know, and in our yeah. culture it's so foreign like that but
1: yeah know, my I'm, mom talked to me and my brother and it was too late
0: <laughs> yeah i
1: think i was 18 Graves 21 yeah, yeah and which,
0: everyone else told you about it so. yeah yeah and so i love that he said and this is a conversation that you and i are going to have you know f- you know for many many years absolutely I thought that was really awesome
1: yeah the first question ever asked about you was a sex question <laughs> is it a boy is it a girl what sex are you sex is a big deal seven billion people on the planet we all got here the same way uh, God's intended vehicle and uh, Ed Young says in his book *Sex, Sexperiment I highly recommend this book he says for too long the church has neglected to teach the great side of sex which God designed to be exhilarating adventuresome and fun good sex the best sex he says is biblical sex one man one woman within the context of marriage and we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about what God was not ashamed to create. All the way back in the beginning, uh, Adam and Eve, the devil lured them to go 3D on God, to doubt God's Word, to disobey, uh, sorry, to deny God's Word and disobey God's Word. And that is so prevalent in our culture right now. And so when you have dysfunction, when you have problems in the world, we would love to just snap our fingers in a moment and say, God fix all the problems, wouldn't we? But guess what? He'd actually have to fix our obedience. And so when you and I put the lens back on of not doubting and denying and disobeying, but we put on believing God's word, accepting it as truth, and then obeying his commands, there are unusual and untold blessings that can come our way.
0: Yeah, and in the area of sex, I feel like our culture has really put on the 3D, the doubting, the denying, and the disobeying. They're kind of putting it in as like, oh, that's old school, old fashioned. And so they've kind of like disregarded God's truth in the terms of sex, which is such a powerful, amazing thing the way God's designed it.
1: Yeah. Uh, So just like I talked to my son the other week, we're going to have a little chat today.
0: And before we go Over pizza. (laughs) I wish there was pizza here. Yeah,
1: I should have thought about that. (laughs)
0: Maybe next time. But before we go into a little bit more detail on, you know, for the married people, for single people, and even for parents, because we believe every single person in here could lean in and understand that there's important components to add to be successful in your life. um, There's a very important belief or philosophy that we need to address that is a downright lie. Say it with me. It's a lie. It's a lie. And it's this. Sex is just physical. Sex is just physical. That is a lie. So repeat after me: Sex is not, sex just, is not physical. just physical. I know it sounds weird saying sex in church, but it's okay. God <laughs> created it, we could flow say. with it. So what's the big deal, right? That's what our culture says. The reality is culture will minimize what God has not intended to be minimal. Yeah. You know, they'll minimize the, um, the the problem with getting drunk. They'll minimize the problem with getting high. They'll minimize really lust and, and all the different things that God has created to protect us, right? God has certain things written out in his word not to keep us from something, right. but to give us something. You know, all the commands of Scripture, it's not to withhold our fun, withhold our joy, it's actually to withhold harm. It's to keep his favor, his blessing sitting upon us. And so it is a big deal. And there is more to sex because there's more to you. You're not just a physical being. You're an emotional, you're a spiritual, you're a mental being. And so all those components are really wrapped in together in sex. And so when the world tries to tell you it's just just physical, they're wrong, there is so much more to it because God designed it to encompass all of who we are. Sex is deeply rooted in our soul, and that's why you see so many people yeah. who've either been raped or abused or or whatever, they go through years and years of therapy. They'll be taking meds for anxiety and depression for years yeah. because sex is not just physical. Yeah. Because if it were, if it was just like falling off a bike and getting a bruise on your knee because that's physical, then after a few days, then you would be fine. No, oh, it was just physical, but no, there is an attachment yeah. attached to sex there is a spiritual component a mental and emotional component that is attached to sex and you'll find that counselors and pastors and all these people will tell you from years of counseling whether people are married or single or whatever there's so much more pain so much more involved when sex is not done the way God has ordained us to have sex so when it comes to marriage why is an affair so devastating because it's not just physical. There is so much more involved. And so if you're a guest in here today or maybe if you're relatively new and this is like awkward for you to be hearing this and you might be thinking, you you know, that abstinence thing, not having sex before marriage, that's just too old school. That's just, you know, that's like very old thinking. And that's fine if you think that way, that's cool. But then we have to be able to agree on this one component. Something is very wrong with our world then because the fruit that sex outside of the context that God has for us is messing up our culture. Look at Hollywood. That is an obvious picture of the fruits that sex outside of the context of marriage is doing to our culture. It is destroying our culture. They cannot stay married. They cannot fulfill things. If pornography was so great and if it was so good for you and healthy for you it is destroying marriages. It is causing more and more insecurity in women and men alike. It's creating fantasies that are not real and so when people come into the real context of marriage they think that what they've seen in videos and pictures is gonna happen and it's not real that's fake They're paid actors. They're paid to look that way. They get all this, you know, plastic surgery to look a certain way. And the reality is it's fake. It's false. It's there to destroy you. And so that is what the purpose of this conversation is, is so that you will have the favor and the blessing of God in the area of sex so that you can flourish in your marriage, in your relationships, in your dating relationships, parents, so you could teach without fear but with confidence God's word when it comes to sex for your children. Isn't
1: that good? Come on. Um, I think our natural man, our flesh, the the sinful side of us really kicks back against any kind of self-control when it comes to sex. However, um, again, we're looking at the fruit on the tree. We're evaluating some of the fruit. One in four girls are sexually abused before the age of 18. One in four. This is uh, the U.S. Department of Justice says this. This isn't some random study from some dude. Um, One in six boys are sexually abused before the age of 18. This means, check this out, this means that um, self-control, when people buck against self-control, there are greater ramifications later on. No one ever thinks to themselves, gee, when I grow up, gee, I'd really like to sexually abuse some kids. But because self-control is bucked to a large extent, you, here's the thing, you never know where the lure is going to take you, yeah. Yeah. right? You never know. Here's one of the lures, and we weren't really going to talk about this, but one of the lures of the pornography industry, you've got to understand that is a multi-billion dollar industry that wants your money, mm-hmm. simply. It is um, bigger business than the NFL, NBA, and NHL combined in America. And what their job is to get you addicted so you have to pay to see. Why? Because they want your money. People always tell you, church is all about your money. No, no, no. Wait, the porn industry is all about your money. It wants to take that from you, your dignity, your self-respect. And it wants to lure girls um, into that type of lifestyle. And I was shocked. I tell you, I was shocked. um, Maybe a year or two ago, I, I watched a YouTube video of a woman who had come out of prostitution, out of the porn industry and so forth. She was aspiring actress and she came to Christ. And um, what happened out of that, when she began to describe uh, the real nature and abuse that happens to women in there, it's, it's, it's nothing short of uh, scary. Here's what, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a sex-crazed culture. This is an old school. This is This is current right now. This culture at that time in Corinth would go to church and there'd be prostitutes in church in essence, not at the church of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about their temple worship. And so it was so normal to have a partner, but it was so normal to worship at church uh, or their version of church. And here's what he says to them. And this is a group of believers who are starting to follow Jesus and to start to say, okay, Jesus be the Lord of all of my life. And he says this, do you not know that he who unites himself, someone say unites. unites. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one, someone say one is one with her in body for it is said the two will become one flesh wait the two will become one flesh um that was what God said in Genesis chapter 2 when Adam and Eve came together a man and woman came together he says the two shall become one you are not one when the pastor or the preacher says to you at this moment ladies and gentlemen here is husband and wife you're actually one flesh when you unite in sex And so the Apostle Paul was actually saying, when you unite, it doesn't matter if you do it under the bond of matrimony or not, you are uniting. And it's kind of like two pieces of paper with some glue on it. You stick that thing together and then you have to separate it. And every time you separate it, one piece from one will go to a piece to another. One piece from one will stick on. And this is why the Bible says you actually violate against yourself. Now again, this is a series, series of hope. This is a series that's to build you. We're not going to dump a bunch of guilt on you. There's nothing actually we can do about your past except bring it under the blood and say, God, forgive me and wash me and heal me. Yeah. right? But here's what Scripture says. It says, the two shall become one, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Verse 18, flee. Someone say flee. flee. Someone say get your, get, your, get your Nikes on and run. <laughs> flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually, watch this now, and this is unique. All other sins, it says, are outside the body. All of them. But he says whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Against their own body. Um, That means every time we're doing it not God's way, it's literally hurting us. I remember conversations years ago, just hanging out with some boys, and, and they were friends on my street. And, and trust me, none of this conversation was Christian. And uh, we were just hanging out and talking, and they would talk about how, yes, they'd been with this girl and that girl, and they were like, yes, I was her first, and so forth. And, and uh, sh- they would often say, like, they never forget their first. There's something that happens on the inside of someone as they are sexually active with other people. And again, I'm not trying to beat anyone here, but I am trying to say that your father, it's so important that you don't view God as a big man up in the sky who wants to get a stick and beat you. Okay, It is so important that you view your father as a loving, gracious, heavenly father who when he instructs you to do something, he is instructing you for your best interest.
0: And you know what's really cool? Today is a new day. Yes. Today is the day the Lord has made. I can rejoice in it. And the past yeah. can stay in the past. And so... Um don't know what your journey is right now and where you are in right now. But the reality is if you choose today to stay under the favor and the protection of God's word, because his word is a protection. All of this is a protection for us. um, Then what happens is we can walk in his favor. And so you could choose today, hey, I know we've been doing this for the last few years. And um, why don't we decide today to walk under the blessing and the favor of God? So that's your decision to make today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to sex, here's what God says. He says, so flee. Someone say, run run why because it's too hot to handle it really is when Joseph uh Potiphar's wife starts to say hey Joseph jump in my bed and so forth he ran why because if he didn't run he was gonna stay if you stay you'll lay if you lay nine months later Ray Ray
0: Ray. (laughs) I don't think they got it (laughs) some
1: of them got it um in now, beyond the warning, <laughs> in beyond the warning of scripture, and obviously, there's a warning to that. There's a warning to married people, there's a warning to uh, single people, but there's a great encouragement, and this is the bit we want, really want to focus on today. If you're married in here, we want to focus on the encouragement part of sex, and uh, we want to talk about that. Yeah.
0: Sex is clearly a gift from God. And listen, you might be in here and you might be married and you're thinking, oh, they're just talking to the single people. No, we're talking to you because there's a whole lot of affairs that happen in our culture and they're happening with people who are married. And so this is not just for single people. It's for married people. It's for all people because you might be sitting next to your husband thinking, we're clear of this. You don't understand that sometimes you don't know what's happening in the mindset of your spouse. And sometimes there's reasons why that's happening. And we could be the reason why that's happening. We could be cultivating sometimes things without us even realizing it. But God has designed sex to be awesome. He's designed sex to be fun and adventurous and all that kind of stuff. And I think too often people who grew up in the church, they they see sex as bad and dirty and and gross and all that stuff. And, And Anthony reminded me in the first service that I had a friend that she literally had issues once she got married because she grew up in a church where all she ever heard was sex is wrong, sex is a sin, sex sex is bad, blah, 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 blah. And it's like painted in this nasty, ugly way that it's just worldly, which is far from the truth. Yes, you have to teach the truth of it, but you also have to uh, teach the side that God created it for a reason. There's so many amazing components to it. And she actually had to go to counseling for numerous years after she was married because she didn't want her husband to to touch her. She literally felt disgusting and sinful every time he touched her. And that is an issue. And so here at Church Alive, we want to talk about about the things that we need to protect ourselves from, but yeah. also understand that God designed it yeah. in an amazing way for you to enjoy. Yeah. And so Ephesians chapter 5, 32 through 33 says this. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Now check out this next one. I love this passage right here. It's like so just kind of sums it all together first corinthians chapter 7 verses 2 through 5 in the message version it says sexual drives are strong but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality, the husband seeking to satisfy his wife, and the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Come on, that's worth a hand clap right there, people. That's
1: the Bible telling you, serve one another.
0: So repeat after me, marriage is about loving and serving one another. Now sex is about loving and serving one another. And this is the reality. It's a lot easier said than done. I think so often in marriage, once we start getting used to life, you throw a few kids in the mix, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's so easy to kind of get into the mindset that you need your needs to be fulfilled. You know, once you're married, you want your husband to serve, to help you with the dishes, to help you with this or to help you with that because life is busy. And so you're really only thinking one thing. You're like, I need my needs to be filled. I need my, whatever, love tank to be filled. I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. And so there's all these different components And then what happens is you forget that marriage is about serving each other and sacrificing for each other. And so you need to come back to that truth that sex is really about meeting each other's needs and having that kind of intimacy that God designed so that we can flourish. Because if you don't have that kind of intimacy, that's where everyone else starts looking into every other place to fill that void that only your marriage partner is, is supposed to give to you. There's only one place that you can find that fulfillment of intimacy it is in your spouse when it comes to the area of sex. So how do we do this? How do we have sex in a way that is loving and serving of one another? And this can be awkward. And you might go out on a date and you might go to Starbucks and it might be an awkward conversation to have. I
1: suggest a more romantic place than Starbucks, but yeah, <laughs> that's good.
0: That'd be interesting, Especially the Starbucks <laughs> here in town, like every table's right next to each other. You'll be trying to have a meeting. And yeah,
1: like, that might be weird. <laughs>
0: they'll be like, oh, they're talking about sex. Are they? fighting or what you know? <laughs> i was wondering about when you went to have pizza with benny if other people were listening i'm like that would have been an entertaining conversation it would have <laughs> especially because benny was gagging half of the time yeah he
1: literally was like bleh, 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 bleh. he was like that that's the grossest thing why'd you do that yeah <laughs> like it was Wait, it was bad do you know what was
0: the best part i am totally going off side jargs here, uh sidebar here um he Anthony was like, well, that's how you, Hopi, and Shelly came. And he's like, well, thank God you got rid of that bed, you know, because we bought a new bed a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony's like, mm, okay, we'll talk about that another time. you know." Yeah, so. a year
1: ago we got a new bed. So he, was, he yeah.
0: He put two, or two anyway, together.
1: <laughs> we had to get rid of that
0: bed. <laughs> and he was very thankful for it. Anyway, how do you then cultivate yeah. the kind of sex life that is actually serving and loving one another? You commit to communicate clearly, and hear this one this is important and lovingly yeah clearly and lovingly your expectations and desires again that might seem awkward to do that but if you you know we're not mind readers we can't assume we've been talking a lot about assumptions the last few weeks but you need to clearly communicate and lovingly communicate your expectations and desires talk about it Really, you know, talk about it as awkward as that might feel, and number two, this is really important. You need to stop the excuses you know, and, and Eddie Young calls it sex excuses there's always excuses as to why you're not going to be intimate one night, there's always an excuse, and we've all done it boys uh, girls and boys the same, or men and women the same, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like and Oh, okay. We have nine minutes left because <laughs> we're talking too much. Yeah. But what, what we want to then just jump into yeah. Let me jump
1: into some of the excuses that, that really do uh, hinder a marriage. Ed Young in his book *Sex calls these sex excuses, not just excuses, sex excuses. He says this. But honey, I'm tired. I have a headache. There's not a free second in the calendar. I'm still mad about X, Y, and Z. I feel fat it's generally not the men saying that one uh kids 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 and I'm just not in the mood and and all of these are legitimate excuses at different times as long as that's not the tone and the tenor that's not the just the constant statement of the marriage in the song of Solomon the love book of the bible King Solomon does two things uh really really well in that whole book just go home read it uh, it'll inspire you anyway there's two things he does very well to cultivate the marriage bed number one he is romantic he changes it up one time the bed is covered with flowers uh another time they go off to uh for a night together often men need encouragement on the whole romance deal uh just you know we just think um it should just happen. But women love the romance. Number two, he uses words of affirmation. He builds the confidence of the woman. Listen to what he says in Song of Solomon chapter four. It's interesting, kind of weird language, but you'll get the general gist. And I'm skipping a couple of things because i just don't want it to be awkward you're so beautiful my darling so beautiful and your dove eyes are veiled i don't know well i could go into that but we don't have time by your hair as it flows and shimmers like a flock of goats in the distance (laughs) streaming down a hillside in the sunshine (laughs) i'm not sure if that's gonna work for your girl anyway your smile is generous and full expressive and strong and clean in other words she brushes her teeth Your lips are jewel red. I think she's put on a little lipstick and so forth. Your mouth elegant and inviting. Your veiled cheeks soft and radiant. She moisturizes, exfoliates. The smooth, light lines of your neck command notice. All all heads turn in awe and admiration. What she's saying, he's saying you're a hottie and everyone knows it. It's really what she's saying.
0: And it's really interesting, so as Anthony was mentioning what a guy needs to do. As a woman, we need to be proactive too. I, I think it's so interesting that we always think it's the man that needs to initiate. And I know this might sound awkward, but you know, don't just wait for him to initiate. One of the ways that you could really be honorable and loving is you initiate and you'd be surprised how happy your hubby would be, you know. No the
1: men said <laughs> <laughs> men, how to get like two Amen over there? I mean, what in the world?
0: Because their wives are like, if you say something, I'll Yeah. You.
1: <laughs> All the men just went quiet on me. Help a brother out. <laughs> We're going to talk. Actually, women are having a women's night in, in a couple of weeks. And by the way, Men are having a men's night soon. We're going to talk about that. You better show up. And I need a little amen out of that. Come on.
0: And so she's proactive, but she's also very complimentary. And this isn't just saying stuff like, honey, you're handsome, or honey, this. But it's also just the language of respect for a man, you know? It's respecting what he does for the family. And so often what happens is because we see them do the same thing over and over again, we no longer look at it as an honorable thing. We just think, well, that's what he's supposed to do. But right. you forget that a lot of men don't do what they're supposed to do. A lot of men check out and go check in on someone else, if you know what I mean. And so be thankful for your husband being there, being present. Good right And right there. so being comfortable and I'll tell you this ladies constant rejection to a husband by the wife is a confidence killer for your man and I'll tell you as a woman one of the sexiest thing for us to see in a man is confidence but if you're always shooting him down you're taking the very thing that you think is hot in a guy which is confidence and it's up to you whether you build his confidence or you tear him down and
1: actually I'd say the same thing A, a guy very much finds confidence in a woman sexy as well um so when it comes to ed young talks about this in this experiment there's no point degrading yourself all the time ladies and just go oh, i need to do that just own it and just believe you're beautiful <laughs> and, and he'll be like, "Dang, girl, what's gonna happen to you?" You know. Shut your stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know one of the dangers too is when we as women, because we don't understand how God has wired a man, um, we tend to think that this need is irrelevant. It's just physical. We talked about the just physical thing earlier, but it works on the flip side of things too. It's it's also not just physical when we think about it for them. They need it because God's wired them in a way to need that. You know, God's created men in that way. And so when, we, when they ask or when they need that or when they're coming to you to constantly reject, actually the Bible tells us it's a sin unless it's under mutual consent. And so women, that's very important for you to consider that, um, that actually the Bible says that you should not um, reject your spouse in that. And the same thing for men. I'm just picking on the women here. But men, the same thing. Yeah. It's equal. They, you both need intimacy.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Was that awkward? Sorry. That
1: <laughs> no, was good. Um, let me paint a, a picture this okay.
0: way.
1: Um, for a moment, Miriam is going to be incapacitated. She cannot move. Um, it's so hard for me. Yes, it is. Um, this is Willard William Harley. Uses this illustration to try and illustrate man's sex drive. Um, Miriam cannot move; she can't get anything for herself. So the only thing that I can do is help her and serve her. Can I have water? Ah, uh, gosh, today it's been a bit rough. Um, it's been a busy day. I, I, I think maybe, maybe in a couple of hours.
0: Come on, baby, I'm so thirsty.
1: Um, I've got a headache. <laughs>
0: Take an Advil.
1: <laughs> I don't like taking chemicals into my body.
0: But the water is right there. All you got to do is hand it to me.
1: Um, you know, yesterday you said I was fat. Uh, so I'm still mad at you for saying that I need to go to the gym and eat less right, fine, fine, cheesecake.
0: Fine, okay, fine. Tomorrow then, fine. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Gonna
1: uh, tomorrow's going to be rough too.
0: <laughs> okay, fine. But I'm thirsty. I really need water.
1: Fine, here's your water. Have it. Go ahead, (laughs) drink it. All you want.
0: Happy now? Not with that tone. So what happens is women sometimes, this is the picture that really happens for a man. What happens is a man can only fulfill that need with you as their wife, as their wife, right? And so we offer, we have the the fulfillment or what's going to quench their thirst. But every time we say no, we're frustrating that person. We're keeping them from what satisfies them. And then what happens is we wonder why there's so many extramarital affairs. We wonder why there's so many people People going to the porn industry. We wonder why there's all this kind of stuff going on. Yep. Because you have the power to satisfy. Whoa, whoa. Hey, Sorry, hey.
1: you do it. have the you power, <laughs> and yeah. I peed my pants. <laughs> yes. you
0: have the power to quench your husband's thirst, and or women. Yes. You have um, men. You have the power to quench your. Woman's thirst as well. Yeah. Like, wait, which one am I talking about? Yeah, and so really, what happens is we are bound to our spouse, and so yeah. we are responsible for caring for them. That's yeah. what we said in our vows. And many people on the day of their wedding, you didn't even listen to what the officiant said officially. Yeah, you're
1: in la la land. Let's be you're honest. Like, I can tell you know, I'm preaching <laughs> to people when I marry them, and you're like, for better or worse, and they're just thinking, for better, <laughs> for richer, for poor, for richer, of course, sickness and in health. You'll never get sick why would you? You're a picture of manliness and health, you know? And, yeah. and, and somehow in our mind, we are, why? Because she's wearing a pretty white dress and he's got a James Bond tuxedo on, you know? But mm-hmm. like, this is going to be amazing. Every day of our life it's going to be a wedding.
0: <laughs> but are you sure? the reality is that is not the case. And so yeah. um, it's so important that as your vow said to care for each other, meet each other's needs. That's yes. also and very much so in the area of sex.
1: I'll say there's taking care of your attitude, your heart, and I'm talking about your, the heart, your condition, not your physical heart, I'm talking your spiritual heart, and your body is the best thing you can do for a strong marriage. Taking care of your attitude, that you're a positive, nice, forgiving person. Taking care of your heart, that God is central, number one in your life, so that when you run out of love, you can tap into love, and number three, taking care of yourself, because what many marriage counselors will tell you, and pastors will tell you, people will be married for 20 years, get a divorce, and then all of a sudden lose weight, look better, get a new outfit, the guy will look sharper, she'll, you know, get a hair done, face done, all the stuff. And then all of a sudden, why? Because they're on the prowl again. What you did to get them, do to keep them, and put the MWE, the marital work ethic, into the marriage that you do have, and I promise you, you'll be uh, more thrilled with it. Come on, that's worth a hand right there. Single people.
0: Yeah, let's talk to the single gonna... people real quick. And we don't have much time. We're over our time already. But we want to talk to you because it's so important for you right now how to set up for success for your marriage. Yeah. If you are single, and here's the issue this is what I find interesting. People think that when we're talking to single people, it's anyone under the age of 25. No, it's for anybody. You could be 30, 40, divorced. If you're still, if you're single and you're with someone or you want to be with someone, this is for you. Yeah. You know, the no sex before marriage isn't just for people who are teenagers isn't just for you know people in college it's for everyone because if you want to stay it's for
1: followers of Christ if you're checking out God that's a different deal but it's for people who say yes to Jesus you got to let him be Lord of all of your life
0: yeah and if you want and look you could do it your way that's totally fine we'll love you the doors are always open for everyone but if you want to be under the protection and the favor of God and the blessing of God you've got to do it God's way you know there's forgiveness and obviously grace for you but if you want his forgiveness you got to do it this way and so set boundaries and be accountable to someone have a couple that you can go to and say hey these are the boundaries we want to have can you keep us accountable monthly can we come and talk to you about this is why we do
1: big church little church big church sundays connect groups through the week yeah and i've been actually really encouraging our church some of our people they're doing like two and three connect groups well
0: esther's doing four connect groups well
1: esther's a plus (laughs) plus student
0: yeah she is so some boundaries you have to figure out what they are. But a couple might be not being alone in someone's apartment, you know, um, not living together before getting married. And, and there's an interesting research that says this. Uh, people think that um, if you live together first before getting married, you're saving money or yeah. you're just trying it out, etc. But research says, and this is secular research. This is not church research. This is secular research. Said, research says that people um, who lived together before tying the knot saw a 33% higher rate of divorce than those who waited to live together until they were married. Right, the
1: try before you buy thing is is not uh, it's not wise. Listen, the the wisdom of man is dumber than the foolishness of God. Trust me, when my two-year-old thinks she knows best, she doesn't. Yeah, she's two. Um, God can look at you and go, you're two <laughs> compared to me. Literally, my daughter was in my. Vitamin cabinet. Cabinet the other day, and she was wanting some stuff, and I gave her like this little vitamin, and then she wanted another one, and I said no. (laughs) She throws herself on the carpet.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's you and me. With God, sometimes we're like
0: yeah, God, I want it now,
1: (laughs) and God's like, no, wait.
0: I have what's best for you. Yeah. You know, Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man or a woman who lacks self-control. And the area of setting boundaries, I don't know what it looks like for you, yeah. but it's whatever it takes. Because here's the thing, if you don't have solid boundaries in place, then one time of slipping up will lead you into their bed. Yes. So you have to have boundaries that are so tight that if one little mistake won't lead you into their bed. Yeah. You know, sometimes it almost has to look ridiculously like strong boundaries so that it protects you so that you're not putting yourself in a situation where you know you're basically sleeping together before you're supposed to
1: yeah and look if you've been sexually active that is we understand that that is even harder for you than other people but again the standard of scripture stays true yeah. and so if you want to continue on with Christ um and and grow in your relationship with God you just have to surrender that area and you may struggle in that area um, obviously. But struggle is better than just rejecting God's will completely. You say, no, 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 God, I'm going to do whatever I want. No, th- listen, I, I encourage people to struggle because at least you're struggling. Yeah. You're trying, right? And then again, you're growing it and you're growing it and you, you meet up with people and say, hey, pray for me about this one. I'm struggling with this, right? Right so, man, our heart's desires, our, our church will literally be filled with people who have healthy, thriving marriages. They were not once upon a marriage and once upon a divorce, but we are once upon a marriage. And man, my marriage is blessed. I truly believe that you can be in the blessed place. And I know that's where God wants us.
0: Yeah. And one final thought, and this is to parents and um, we'll call up the worship team or at least James to come up. And uh, we obviously, reality hit home to us a couple of weeks ago when Benny started talking about sex as an eight-year-old in second grade. We thought we had more time but yeah. a good friend of ours, Lee, and some of you would know her, or Nasser, a while ago she was talking to us about how she's already at the age of four and five um, started reading to her girls uh, this interesting uh, book series called God's Design for Sex. Yep. Um, I believe it'll be up on the screen, maybe not, but there's a book series, it's a four part series called God's Design for Sex and if you have kids, get these series. They're yep. books that you read to your kids. The first one is from ages three to Five, then it's five to eight, not uh, eight to eleven, eleven, fourteen. Obviously, the older ones read it on their their own, but it's the best way. I wish we would have had a chance to read it a few before talking to Ben, yeah, but it's never too late. We're gonna start doing it now. This past week, I already read the first book to Rachel and Ben. And uh, parents, be proactive because if you're not, someone's gonna be proactive with your kids. Yeah. And I want to be the one that teaches my kids. Come on. And so, be that kind of parent that is intentional about what your child is learning, train them up in the way of the Lord so that when they grow older they won't depart so that's important if you if you need the name of that we'll put it on our website but God's designed for sex it's really important for parents to communicate that
1: hey we can either reject God's word or we can believe and obey God's word and I promise you there are countless blessings as you obey God's word why don't we go to God in prayer and just believe for life and health Um, in relationships all across our church and in your personal world right here and right now and listen if you're head bowed eyes closed in this place this is a moment for us to do business with God this is a moment if you are far away from God you've been running from him in many times these areas and just like God I can't do it your way just again surrender that area of your life to him and say God help me do it your way again shame off you put the grace of God on you as you turn to him and trust in him and say Jesus I need you to move in this area of my life I can't do it on my own and he's like son you're right daughter you're right you can't do it on your own I am here to help you but you need my strength you need my grace in this area but friend if you're also if you are far away from God in this place Man, you've been running from God or wandered from God. You never thought you'd be in the place you're in. I want to tell you that grace like a wave wants to crash over you, that the grace of God is on tap for you. Jesus died on a cross not to condemn you, but to give you His mercy and give you His grace. And if you are here today, and either you've never said yes to Jesus ever in your life, or perhaps you have, but you have run away and wandered away, these are the times in our services where we invite people to the love of God. It's higher than you think, it's wider. And it will invade your heart and invade your life if you let it. So right here, we're going to pray a simple prayer together. And that prayer connects us to the person of Jesus. Come on all across this place. Why don't we pray this prayer together? Jesus, thank you for loving me, making me. I know you have a plan for my life. So right now, I ask you to forgive my sin. Cleanse my life. May I never be the same. I humble myself under your hand. Be the Lord of my life, be my boss, but be my Father. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, one, two, three, slip it up right now. Say, Anthony, that was me today. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? Just quickly. Thank you, mate. In the back there. It's awesome. Anyone else? Just slip it up real high. Just go, Anthony, man, I've been running from God, but today I'm running back to Him. I've been wandering from God, but today I'm coming back. Man, Jesus, I'm inviting Him to be the Lord of my life. Anyone else? Thank you for those two hands. But anyone else? Just quickly, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Awesome. Thank you. Father, I pray right now for every person within the sound of my voice. God, that your life, your health, your spirit would be all over them, in them, bringing them to the place that they need to be. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your life in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen." come on, did you get anything out of today? Was that good? Made it through another
0: chat? Hey, stand if you to your raise feet. Raise your hand today. Um, one of the most important next steps that you can take is walking out and going here to our next steps area. This little counter over here, and we have someone who wants to connect with you for a moment and just tell you what you're, you guys can stand up. Everyone looks confused. Like, do we get up? Do we up? <laughs> you can do a little dance, you know. Um, but yeah, make sure you do that. Stop in there, connect with someone for a few moments, and um, let them know that you made a decision today. And we want to help you on your journey of what it looks like to serve and follow Jesus. And so, don't forget tonight we have our welcome to church party and so if you have never been to a party come on out it's going to be a great time we'd love to meet with you connect with you and uh get know a little bit about your world and that's it from us we believe the best for your life god bless you in jesus name
1: see you tonight